Let's pray together. Lord, it is amazing grace. I pray the people of Bellwether Church would see it as amazing. Uh, If they do not, then uh, do whatever you need to do, because each person is different to penetrate their hearts and and work into their life. And uh, sometimes you have to destroy idols in our life. Often that can be very, very painful. So I pray that they uh, feel the love of a church body, but also feel your supernatural peace and presence. And that uh, it is true in in you, Lord Jesus, everything is really okay. And everything is really going to be okay. Uh, And that's grace and it's a gift. And you love us and just continue transforming us individually as a church uh, to be part of your church throughout the world. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Y'all can have a seat. Thankful again to our worship team for leading us. You need those? Okay, I got it. Uh, As our children walk out. If you have your Bible, please turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. We're going to be in Romans 12 for a while. Now... First off, I guess a couple business items. I could not help, as we were seeing this, and if you were here last week, and I know some of you were, some of you probably weren't, uh, I will probably never hear Amazing Grace again and not think of John Newton, uh, who wrote Amazing Grace. And I talked about him last week. You know, he was a pastor, but before he was a pastor, he was a slave trader. And as a slave trader, he would... Uh, He would journey from England down to Africa and then to Charleston, South Carolina. If you weren't here last week, I read a biography of him over sabbatical, and it was very, very fascinating. And he he talks about, you know, what a wretch that he was and uh, manipulating uh, and using uh, slave uh, women even. And and that's continued to stick out with me, and that's the guy who wrote Amazing Grace uh, that we sing. If you want to know more about him, I talked a lot about him last week. I'm going to save that. Uh, I'd save it to talk to you individually. That's something else I want to say is that it it is great to be here and be back. And I really wanted to take the first month that I was back and try to meet with as many of y'all as possible just to catch up, to see where you are uh, in life, in your faith, uh, in your life at Bellwether Church. So please know, you know, I'm available. Obviously not everybody at once. But over the next couple weeks, I would love really to reconnect, uh, not just on a Sunday morning, Uh, but in person. So we're in Romans 12, and we are doing this series that I'm calling Renew. Renew. I love that word, uh, renewal, uh, to be renewed. I think it's a very biblical word. I think it's a very Christian word. Jesus says in Revelation, I'm making all things new. Uh, He continually wants to make us new and renew us, regardless of where you are in life. Uh, My two big things are Big ideas for this upcoming school year. I know a lot of us think in terms of school year, August to May. What would be renew and raising leaders. Uh, Renew over the course of the worship services this year. I am going to be inviting or asking some of y'all who are members, whether you've been longtime members or just joined, uh, to share about what God has done in your life as you've been part of this church named Bellwether uh, and share in a Sunday morning service. Uh, briefly, okay, not too long. So I will be asking y'all to do that, and that ties in with, you know, we're going to be 10 years old coming up in January as a church, and all that the Lord has done 
in the life of this church. So that uh, both connects renew and raising leaders. Also, we're going to be in Romans 12. And I said this last week that I memorized Romans 12. I was challenged by a coach to memorize it. And I did so. And I took it really like one verse every couple days. I would really challenge you. Like last Sunday, we focused on Romans 12, verse 1. Just one verse. And I'm going to be going verse by verse. Just one verse a week. Not rocket science. Not complicated. But I would, I would challenge you. Take the one verse we go through on a Sunday morning and memorize it over the course of the week. Uh, this is a cliche. It's often used, but uh, I'm being totally real and legit here. It changed my life. Now part of my rise with God time every morning, I just go through Romans 12 in my mind, and it is, it is good, good stuff. It's not like memorizing Leviticus, which is great, and it's biblical and all that, but it's a little different. So I would challenge you. And you say, oh, whatever. You know, hey, I'm glad you're here. But, like, take Romans 12 too. And just meditate on it for a week. If you don't memorize it, don't look at it as a duty. Uh, but it really, really uh, impacts you. So, let's read today. Actually, let's reread Romans 12, 1. And then we'll read verse 2 twice. Start with verse 1, Romans chapter 12. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. So read verse 2 one more time. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So we're focusing on verse 2, and I want to break it down into four parts. Do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. First off, do not be conformed. Most Bible translations say do not be conformed to this world. Uh, This Bible translation is called the Christian Standard Bible. Actually, I think if you got a Bible from here, it would be, do not be conformed to this world. But I actually like this translation better. It says, do not be conformed to this age, to this age. So it's like this, this time period, this, this culture around you. Our world can seem, you know, really big, and, and that's true too, but do not be conformed to this age. Now, Paul was writing to Christians in Rome. Uh, anybody ever been to Rome? Anybody been to Rome? A few? Okay, you should go to Rome. It's fascinating. To a church in Rome, and Roman society was actually a lot like the society we live in today. That age was much like this age. It was really based on uh, class distinctions. You had a lot of idols, like literal idols, statues, and so forth. 
very image conscious culture. If you've uh, if you've watched some of those well, old movies, or even well, I mean, Gladiator. Gladiator. Everybody seen Gladiator? A few folks. A few folks. Okay. You haven't seen Gladiator? I don't need to live. Okay. Glad. You know Russell Crowe. You know. I mean, not a big fan, but anyway, it was actually. That was set, I think, like 60 years before Christ. But in Rome, very body conscious. You know, you had warriors. I mean, they dressed very scantily. Do we dress scantily today? I don't know. Do we? Just curious. Uh, very image conscious. A lot of idols. And Paul was saying, don't be conformed to this age. For us today. So if we're Christians, a big challenge for me too, Okay is to not be conformed to this age, to today. Give you some examples. We're driven and and consumed by technology. Uh, Me too. It's a huge challenge. I found it a challenge going back. I did a a no-screen sabbatical, although I watched some TV shows and and all that, but literally turned off my phone, I've told y'all. And something I've done coming back, because I do think, who texts you controls you, okay? Like, am I getting that text? You know, the PPV phantom phone vibration. You ever get that? Like, you know, like you think it, you know, but nobody's texted you. So what I did, well, actually, my wife did this for me, and thank you. It's a great gift. So she, I don't know how to describe this, but, like, I don't see uh, the number of texts on the icon, or I don't see if I got a, a voicemail or anything. So, so literally, I control the texts and the calls that I get. I have to look. And see, because generally, like, you know, I'd pop up and there'll be, you know, three, five, ten, whatever, texts and voicemails. And it can totally consume your day. Social media, same thing. You know, who liked my stuff? Whose do I need to like? Okay? And that's when I'm not even getting into Twitter. We're consumed by this technology. Uh, we're consumed by our image, uh, by how we look, how we appear, who we're with, who our kids are with, what teams they're on. We're consumed by it. It drives us. I don't know if that's the case in different places in the country, but I, I do know it's the case where we live. Uh, image, uh, sex, I mean, need I say more? How we look, look at the cover of magazines. Um, and it's, it, look, it's, a, it's an honest challenge. I mean, when you're surrounded by it, it's so easy to be uh, conformed. And let me be I mean, even, even more honest, I mean, often we're, to be conformed to this age, we hide. Uh, we hide our true selves. Um, we have to look a certain way. Uh, we may look a certain way, but we'll also then gossip about people, okay? I mean, and I'm not saying y'all, I'm guilty, okay? Guilty, me. Gossip's a big, big stumbling block. Um, and I say all this, you know, as I said last week, I mean, that, uh, you know, I'm trying to be, we talked a lot over sabbatical, trying to be a lot more open and not hide, but I mean, I'm self-professed. I mean, I'm an addict. Um, I have very addictive tendencies. You know, I've struggled with uh, anxiety because of shame and guilt in my past. Struggled with anxiety and depression. I mean, I know, guys. I really know, okay? So how do you, how do you not be conformed to all this? For me, obviously, Jesus saves and, and all that, but getting past the cliches, I think you break through it by, by being that open, by saying, man, this is, this is real deal, by not hiding. Say, this is, you know, this is me. 
And, and often, uh, a little confession here about some of the ways we do things at this church. I have a very big evangelism heart. What I mean is like I want to, and this is churchy words, okay, evangelism, like reach the lost. But what I'm talking about is, is that dude who is just kind of struggling, straggling into church, you know, and he was partying the night before, so he's at least halfway hungover, if not full hungover, and, you know, he's like standing, sitting, standing, sitting. I have a huge, massive heart for that guy because I used to be that guy. I know what that guy is like. And I'm just thankful that that guy, I mean, or girl, but being a guy, I'm just thankful that guy is at church. And a lot of times I'll set up things here at church, and y'all may not know this, but, and it's no secret, but to try to connect with that guy, okay, from how we dress or how we dress a stage or how I dress or things that I say or, you know, and that's evangelism. I don't want that guy to become a pastor, but who knows? I mean, the Lord might have plans for him. Um, But having an evangelism heart, sometimes it may seem like you have to conform to the world. I don't think you have to, but you do have to, you have to love people and you have to meet them where they are. So it says, don't be conformed to the world or to this age. But it says, be transformed. Be transformed. That word transformed, and I'm, I will say this, I'm continually being transformed, but that word transformed, it literally, um, literally means metamorphosis, if I pronounce that right. Uh, the Greek word, the original, it's like a metamorphosis happens. So before you're transformed, you're still alive. I think metamorphosis, it's like, you know, it's a, isn't it? Caterpillar and butterfly, is that okay? But something happens to you and you become something better. You are transformed. So God's word says, be transformed. I definitely, completely think this is possible. Before we talk about how it's possible, I want to say, you know, like what it looks like. And the only, the only real thing I know are how it looks in my life or from people I know. But if you look in God's Word down in Romans 12, I think it gives us a a good description about what being transformed looks like in our daily life. Check this out, verse uh, verse 9. This is good stuff. We'll get into it in detail in, in a few weeks. But let love be without hypocrisy. I think that's a great one for us down here in the South. I mean, we love everybody, right? And then we talk about them. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil, cling to what is good. Verse 10, love one another deeply, deeply. He adds that word in there, as brothers and sisters. We talked about it last week, being brothers and sisters in Christ, both at this church and as Christians. Outdo one another in showing honor. I love this verse. Do not lack diligence in zeal. We can be so fired up and so passionate and you know, totally lose track of being diligent, putting one foot in front of the other. One of my favorite verses become verse 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Skip down verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. So when someone gossips about you and you find out, that means you don't gossip back about them. 
I know, it's, it's tough. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes, if possible. And Paul says, it's, it, if possible, and it may not be possible. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with all. Some of those verses uh, call us to a, a personal transformation, okay, in us. That impacts the people we're around, the groups, the churches. Uh, but there's a, there's a bigger transformation too. I mean, I would call it, let's say, even professional transformation, uh, we have some very gifted and talented uh, architects, uh, attorneys, uh, businessmen, real estate developers, doctors uh, in here. And, you know, I get a lot of this from the ministry of Tim Keller, who's retired, but he would always call his people in New York, which you had a lot of high-capacity folks, uh, to use their gifts for the kingdom and to see their profession in a different way. Uh, and I would challenge y'all to that as well. I don't think everyone's called to be a pastor and missionary. Some are. But to use your gifts. If you're a salesman, if you're a teacher, if you're, if you're an artist, if you're a musician, if you're an actor. I mean, what's God doing through your gifts? What can he do? He can do great things. I also think that being transformed is being very, very interested and considerate and passionate about the global church. Uh, that's something that God has changed in me. I used to, listen, I don't know if we met during this time or not. This is, if I always point down here, it's my wife. But I used to not like be a church guy. I thought church, I mean, I'm just geeked out. I mean, come on, like, church is just for, I mean, I have more articulate words, but I can't use them here. You know, just for geeks, you know. But now I love, love the local church. Actually, the, the three things I'm most passionate about in my life I mean, outside family, of course. But the Word of God, the Word of God preached, taught, and written. Passion about the world. Yes, so the world in this age. uh, Through the work of the church. So the global church, I mean, I I am all for world evangelization, if that's a word. Or world evangelism. You know, why do I go to India? Why do I go to Italy? Well, I mean, you would want to go to Italy. Why... We had teams go to Honduras. I mean, I'm I'm passionate about seeing the church expand during all the time that I have on this earth. And some folks say, well, what about Jackson? Well, we do a great deal in Jackson, and we're going to be talking more about span and everything. But there are a lot of churches, but the church needs to expand across the whole world. And quite frankly, that's just how God's wired me. Uh, I can't deny that or lose that. And so, you know, if I'm not gone to heaven, I'm going to be going somewhere constantly. Uh, to support and edify the local church. And that's been a transformation that's happened uh, legit. I mean, I used to just think, again, churches for losers or geeks or whatever. And now I think it's the hope of the world. And I think it's God's plan A and there is no plan B. Be transformed. Now that's just showing you what some transformation looks like. Let's get into how. She's like, man, that sounds good, but you know, I'm, I'm a little closer to uh, the guy that's just straggling in which I'm very thankful you're here. Uh, or, you know, I'm just I'm a little bit more closer to being conformed and always being conformed than being transformed. Okay. Fair. It's very fair. So how? How do you make a change? It says it right here. What does it say? But be transformed. How? Y'all say that. Y'all say something now. By the renewing of your mind. One of the reasons I love this verse is it says, by the renewing of your Mind. It, it does not say heart there, which it says heart 
constantly through the Bible, and the heart is literally the seat of everything in the human body, but it does not say heart here. It says mind. It says renewing of your mind. It doesn't say the renewing of your passion. It doesn't say, hey, get more fired up. Uh, it doesn't say, you know, talk louder or preach louder or something like that. It doesn't say the renewing of your feelings. It doesn't say renewing of your emotions. So to me, it's fascinating. It says by the renewing of your mind. We all have a mind. It's very interesting that God gave us a book. Uh, now, I love to read. I know there are some people who don't like to read, but God handed down across generations a book. Um, Y'all know how to read? Does everybody know how to read here? I mean, there may, we may have folks who don't, and we love you and we would teach you. But he gave us a book, and I actually think that's one of the, the greatest ministry in the world is to help kids read, read more effectively. He gave us this book to think about, to think about. And let me testify to this. I have seen over and over in my life, I've seen it in my own life, I've seen it in my brother's life, I've seen it in my cousin's life. I've seen it in some of your lives. I've seen great, grand, big, explosive, emotional highs. I am a changed person on Sunday. And then by Wednesday, I've reverted back. Okay? That's just an example. Maybe it was a week later or two weeks later. I believe in feelings. I believe in passion. I believe in emotion. I believe in emotionalism. But the only way, hear me this, the only way, what I call the gospel penny, you know, the penny drops, like the gospel penny drops and sticks, sticks in your life for long-term change is in the renewing of your mind. Sometimes that's not as fun. Sometimes you're like, man, I can do some mental work. I mean, I actually got to read. I I can't just feel. I can't just experience. I can't just be entertained. If I want that. For it to stick. And you see, most of y'all know, not all of you, that life is going to happen where you're going to need what I call the gospel to stick. Divorce, bankruptcy, addictions, Betrayal, uh, gossip, um, hurt, disappointment, failure, pick your poison. Uh, Kid run off, kid marry who you didn't want him to marry, Um, people fail you. If you're going to be transformed, your mind has to be renewed. Uh, I think this is daily. I think this is weekly, and I don't read my Bible every day, okay? Um, I don't go to church every week. I think you should. I took a significant break, okay, this summer from going to church. I needed a break. I believe in rest and Sabbath and clear mind. But I do think you need to give time and space for the mind to be renewed and to think through uh, what I call the gospel. Uh, Hunter talked about it, and the gospel is simply good news. And some of you uh, need to hear this over and over again. Like, what is the gospel? Well, first, and I hope I do it justice, but first, you know, this this world was created good. You know, look in Genesis, Genesis 1, Genesis 2. I mean, it's good. All is good. And if you are able to 
visit spectacular vistas, whether it be mountains and you're a mountain person or the seas and you're a beach person. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Uh, but he created people good. And, and every individual in here has gifts. Uh, every individual has the capacity to love and to care. Uh, special needs kids, which I want to see more in here. I mean, have the capacity to love and care. Different races, which I want to see in here, have the capacity to love and care. People are created good, and yet at the same time, move to Genesis 3, we are very, very fallen. Uh, In every one of us, there is brokenness. In every one of us, there is this great, great capacity to sin. And, And sin greatly, although God may not look at it, but so we're good and yet we're falling at the same time. And it's like this stain in our, on our heart or in our mind that we just can't wipe out. It's still there. It's still there. I see this sin in my life over and over again. Things like pride and, and ego and wanting to prove myself and, you know, having shame and guilt and feeling. I mean, and, and like I can, I can white knuckle it all I want and it's still there. I can feel as passionate and have the greatest zeal or have high emotions and love, and it's still there. It will never go away until either I meet Jesus in heaven or I meet him on earth. It's, it's part of this gig. So what do we do? I mean, John three sixteen. God loves you so much that he gave his son. Jesus came and, and gave his entire life in every way for you, for me, for us. He did what we could not. Because sin, I mean, sin has consequences. And for us to be forgiven freely, for us to have that grace, somebody's got to pay the price. And God's son did. And so when you know that, you can, you can give it all to Jesus. Uh, you can walk knowing, hey, God has gifted me, but I also have this sin. I've got to cling to him. I've got to look to him. Uh, my mind has to be renewed. Um, yeah, I'm going to get in a fight with uh, my wife, again, I really don't want to. It just kind of happens, and it spirals out of control. I look to you, Jesus. Jesus is your Savior in every way. I mean, things that probably many of us, me included, have heard our entire life, and it's like a Sunday school cliche, but for your mind to be renewed, they're really made real. And to be made real, you've got to think about it. Like, just the concept, like, I can't save myself. I mean, if you're in this process of constantly trying to save yourself by how you look to other people and by how, you know, how good you work or how gifted you are. Or you're approved. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to end up in this void or a vortex. Or... So for the mind to be renewed, you've got to get, I like to say it like this, you've got to get that I'm a great sinner, Christ is a great Savior. Let me say that again. And that's a quote from John Newton who wrote Amazing Grace. On his deathbed, he said, This is the only thing I know. I'm a great sinner. Christ is a great Savior. That's very different from saying uh, what we like more. Christ is a great Savior, and I'm a great guy. Okay? That's not what I said. And that's, by the way, not the gospel. Uh, That that may be what you have heard before. That may be what you have heard in church before. That's not gospel truth. That's not biblical. Biblical is a humble spirit. I'm a great sinner. Christ is a great Savior. Period. So, to be transformed, your mind has to be renewed. And ultimately, the, only, the Holy Spirit does that, and He can do it. And then last, last part of this verse, so that you may discern what is the good 
What is the good? Not the bad, the good will of God. Uh, The pleasing will of God. The perfect will of God. Discernment's kind of an in vogue word. Uh, I, I mean, if I had a nickel, I've been here, I've been here 13 years, been here 13 years. If I had a nickel for everyone who told me they had the gift of discernment, I mean, I, I wouldn't be rich, but I could buy a couple cups of coffee, you know. <laughs> That's a big, like, man, I just discern this or I have this discernment. Um, ne- next time somebody says that, I'm going to skip down. What is it? Which verse is it? Uh, verse 16, do not be wise in your own estimation. We'll say that to him, okay? But y'all may have heard a lot. I mean, I've just heard a lot. I don't know whether that's a pastor or not. But this, this verse says that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You know, I'm not much on titles, uh, but I do title the, the sermons, and, and usually it's just, I don't know, just put something down, kind of like that. But uh, this week, I, and we don't have programs, but they're coming just, we're, we're kind of getting into things slow this year. It's a different year. August is a different August. Oh, by the way, totally off the subject. Uh, usually on this Sunday, I forgot to say this earlier. Usually on this Sunday, we have a baptism service. The last Sunday of August. Kind of coming back, I like to meet with folks. But if you're interested in being baptized, we will be having a baptism service this fall. And would love uh, for you to have a great emotional high <laughs> and then uh, renew your mind. Uh, later and later, but uh, that is coming. So if you hadn't been baptized, or if you're thinking about being baptized, let's talk. All right, back to where I was. The discernment, the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You know, I threw this title up, like, God's will for your life. And if you went on the, I don't know, the podcast or the app, you'd see it, God's will for your life. And it's kind of a play on words, because, quite frankly, I've seen that title on countless books. I mean, if you go to self-help or, I mean, God Love Lifeway, I mean, they're great. But, you know, God's will for your life. We are always thinking, what is God's will for my life? Uh, I teach some juniors and seniors. Uh, we have these roundtable discussions. One of the big questions for them is, you know, what's God's will for my life? I actually believe, and this is some transformation, okay, here. I actually believe that even that thought, that question is being conformed to this age. Because we're so individualistic. We're so, what's my purpose? I mean, Rick Warren is, is great in that, you know, I mean, it's so simple. It's not about you. What if God's will for your life is not about your life at all? I actually believe that. Um, and I think we live in an age where it's like, even in Christianese culture, it's like, oh, you're anointed, and oh, you're called, and oh, you're gifted. Yeah, everybody gets gifts, and all Christians are anointed. It's not about you, it's about Jesus. And we want to make ourselves the hero or heroine of the story, and he's the hero. So God's call for your life may just be to reflect Jesus uh, in joys and in battles, in highs and in lows. Actually, I think, that, I think that's true. So discern the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. I believe being transformed is, is honestly just to lose yourself in, in Christ. And like, man, he is good. He gives good gifts. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm in this group of pastors, and some of them have gone through like tough, tough stuff. I mean, tougher than I've seen. And they just, they'll say, man, God is good. His love is good. He's good. His love is good. I, and I'm like, man, if I went through something like that, I don't know if I could say that. 
And I don't, I don't know if some of y'all would say it, because we want, you know, we want everything to be looking good, looking right, being perfect, you know, all that. I mean, that's, that's part of the age we, we live in. I mean, when we lose loved ones, is God good? Is he the provider of good gifts? Man, I struggle and, and we struggle, but God is good. He's his perfect will. How do you know it? Let me say it is a process. It's a process. Man, it takes time to know his will, to discern his will. It takes time, and I think that when you begin to see uh, things like, hey, time with the Lord in prayer. And look, I haven't always seen that as like good. Let me be honest. I mean, I'm like, man, I got to pray now. I'd like to, I'd rather be active. Uh, Or rest is good, and just like meditating on scripture. Like, this is the first time I've memorized whole chapters in my life, and I'm a pastor, okay, this summer. I need to do that. I need to meditate on God's word. You do too. This, this is changing me, guys, some of this stuff. And I have not lived a, a perfect life. I'm not talking about sin, but like, you know, like it, it's not always good. You know? and, I, and I wrestle with things. Um, but there's a process of discerning God's will. And I do believe that Jesus saves. I believe that I'm a great sinner and I believe he's a great savior. But God will reveal things. If you're humble, if you're humble. So closing up here, how would you know if you're conformed to this age? And, you know, I think many of us just are, but how would you know? Let me say this. Are you, are you critical a lot of the time? You're like, well, I'm not critical all the time, but I hope not. But are you critical a lot of the time? About anything, about everything. Um, about school, about church, about work, about people. Are you critical? You have this critical spirit. Then I think you're really more conformed to the age. Are you anxious all the time? I said I struggle with anxiety and depression. But are you anxious all the time? Are you always in a rush? Are you always battling FOMO? You know, fear of missing out. Are you always trying to keep up with the Joneses? And then you're highly conformed to this, to this age. Or are you becoming calm more and more? Are you, are you calmer? I believe Jesus brings calm. I believe he brings calm in the midst of storms. Are you kind? I'm not talking about superficial kind. I'm just a, just a kind person. I love that word, kind, just kindness. Are we a kind church to one another? Kindness, just, just be kind. Be kind to one another. Are you content? Something I struggle with. Are you content? My prayer for my sabbatical, and I'm going to be sharing things over the course of the, uh, of the fall, really. My prayer was for contentment, clarity, charity. I said, God, give me those three, three things more and more. Contentment, clarity, charity. And he brought me back with a word. Actually, it's three points, you know, three-point pastor sermon. But I saw it in a book, and it's the, the one thing that is stuck, and I'll say it over and over again. I mean, God said to me, feel the pain. Tell the truth, give it to God. Because I don't like pain. I like to escape it, just so you should know. And I don't always tell the truth, because sometimes that can stir things up. or call, I, mean, I do sometimes, but it can, it can cause pain, and I don't always give it to God. Sometimes we have to sit in where we are and just say, man, 
I don't want things to be like this, God. I mean, I'm hurting. I'm in pain. I, I believe that you're here, and I'm just I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait on you. We've got to tell the truth to ourselves, to loved ones. We've got to give it to God. I believe that's part of the transformation. And I discern that. Last thing I would say is, man, as pastor, I am here because transformation does not happen in a moment, although salvation does, and that's great and wonderful, but transformation happens over a lifetime. I am here as pastor to walk with you, and it is a struggle, and I revert back often conformed to this age, but I am walking to be more and more transformed. And I will say, it is something that looks a lot different than I used to think. It is things like calmness and being measured and sometimes a lack of emotionalism. And I like emotion, okay? And sometimes it's less drama. And my wife can tell you I like drama, okay? Right? Okay. Okay. But the mind has to be renewed. Let's pray for renewal right now. Heavenly Father, you renew us. I pray that you renew minds. Lord, sometimes we come in here and we're looking for something. We're, it's like almost like we're looking for uh, some, some substance just to, you know, give us a shot. And then we go back to life. Man, I, I'm more interested in like changing life. Okay. And that happens when we see differently. We see our world differently. We walk with you. You are in our life through the highs and through the lows, through the births, through the deaths. And you are here, and you're renewing us. I know you're renewing me. And I pray that that renewal would only continue through this family, not just through one person or leader or pastor or elder, but through this body, and that your spirit would really be felt and people would truly discern what you want for their life. And it's, and it's not about us. So I pray that there would be a sense of humility and sacrifice and giving away for your glory and your kingdom now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.